What is up, Art World? We are back. I have Catherine sitting across from me. Hello, everyone. Uh, can you say that with a little bit more excitement? Hello, everyone. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, this is an exciting episode because we have a returning guest for Ooh. our first ever. Our first oh, wow. ever. I'm honored. Yeah. We have Phil Lantis in the building. <laughs> well, thank you for the invite back. I feel yeah. uh, I, I feel unworthy a little bit. Oh, no. <laughs> the most worthy. <laughs> How's it going? How's your day? I'm doing all right. I'm excited to talk about a, a very interesting topic that uh, I didn't know a lot about before. But uh, over the last couple of years, it's come to be something that I've heard a lot about. And I'm, I'm anxious to discuss it with you lovely ladies to see what your take is on it. I love it. And that buildup you just heard was for art washing, also called uh, art gentrification. Hmm? Yes. Yeah. And actually, uh, art washing is an interesting phrase. It started, my understanding is, not with so much the gentrification issue, but with the issue where like corporations would sponsor museums and stuff to try to improve their standing in the community. Um, for example, BP, British Petroleum, uh, sponsored the Tate Gallery, and it was a big controversy in England because it was right after something they did bad, and it was it's kind of like, okay, well, we're going to do bad stuff, but we'll support art, and it'll make us uh, be good citizens. So that was, a, my understanding is where that phrase came from, Art Washington, Washington, and that was a while ago. But since then, it's been applied over the last it looks like three or four years to when artists and um, particularly visual arts galleries are used as a linchpin to start redevelopment efforts in areas um, to that causes or could cause gentrification. And so there's a big struggle um, going on between the, the folks that live in a community and, and then the folks who are trying to redevelop or improve that community who are coming in and using artists and arts um, as a weapon, if weaponizing that. And uh, it's really interesting because I, I love the, the fact that artists go into places where they see beauty where others don't sometimes. And there's a long history of that in, in my own experience and not personally, but memory. Um, uh, Santa Monica is probably the best Southern California example of that. The Third Street area that now is very trendy and cool and uh, touristy um, in the 80s was not. And artists were the ones who embraced that. They were already in Venice, but they kind of moved north and went, oh, look, we can get property cheap and, you know, it's cool. It's by the beach and all this stuff. And, and those artists came in and made it a, a cool happening place to be. And then came all the commercial stuff and the, the lawyer's offices and the, you know, the chain restaurants and the chain grocery store or, uh, um, you know, like a mall store type stuff. And the artists actually got pushed out. But that was like a 20, 25 year cycle where it really went from being blighted and it really was blighted to being uh, a place where artists, unless you're at the highest level, really don't have a home in, in that area. Um, other parts of Santa Monica have not gone through that. They're, I guess it's still affordable for some, although not for me. Yeah. <laughs> and I have a government job, so I don't know how that works. Yeah. Um, but what seems to be happening, particularly Boyle Heights in, in Southern California, is that developers are using that, bringing in artists and arts galleries to kind of kickstart that, oh, isn't this a cool and hip place to be so they can build you know, trendy apartments and stuff. And so they're utilizing that kind of natural cycle that happens with artists being artists mm -hmm. and going where they can afford and, and thinking about a place of, oh, isn't this cool? 
it seems like the ac accusation at least is that that uh, developers are using the arts to f speed up that process and make it faster and therefore folks in this case in Boyle Heights who've lived there for sometimes generations are, are feeling like they're going to get pushed out and rather than wait till that happens until the development really starts happening they've been pushing back at the art galleries and I understand the impulse but it gets really interesting when you're basically saying we don't want your art and culture to come in to our neighborhood because of what it could symbolize down the road especially for some of the galleries that either deal with Hispanic artists or even trying to deal with the artists who live in in the Boyle Heights area or the East LA area so they're it embracing gets, that community they're trying to yeah. but because mm -hmm. of what they symbolize even self-help graphics um, which is a nonprofit organization that started in Boyle Heights in the 70s and then actually moved a few different places in East Atlanta and moved back in 2011. Even they've been getting pushed back, even though they're completely integrated into the community and was a symbol of, you know, even five years ago, something that the, the Boyle Heights community took pride in. Now, part of the, my understanding, part of the the concern raised by the citizens that live there is that self-help wasn't using their voice to speak up for the local residents and i don't know if that's an accurate statement or not i know self-help graphics always you you know did programs for youth in the neighborhood and highlighted artists from the neighborhood so it wasn't necessarily that they're turning their back on the neighborhood but maybe they weren't using their voice as the accusation but it seems like a dangerous game when you're basically saying you know you nonprofit organization aren't doing enough to defend our point of view they should be allowed to have their own point of view so i'm a little torn because when you really get down to it what gentrification is right is there's an area that's struggling and so uh, people invest money with the hope for return of money i mean it uh, commercialism is the world we live in mm -hmm. And, and if you can get land cheap because it's a place that people don't want to go for whatever reason, and then you can turn that around and make it a place where people do want to go and they're willing to spend a lot of money to go there, then you've made money and you've taken an area that, that maybe had some blight or whatever and, and in theory made it better. And yes, I'm doing air quotes, made it better. <laughs> and that's where the, the rub comes in. And it also has a lot to do with race because what it basically is is Boyle Heights is is almost completely a Hispanic neighborhood and the 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 folks that want to come in and and build the is for primarily richer white people and and one of the issues is Boyle Heights is basically up against the arts district and the arts district has been exploding rents apparently have increased by like 140 percent over the last 10 years or maybe a little more than that in in the arts district and so of course people are going well I can't afford the arts district but I want to be near to it because it's cool and Boyle Heights is kind of the the, the next town over and um, it also is a, a, an issue because Boyle Heights is aware of the history in L.A. of what Dodger Stadium did with Chavez Ravine, where there was a strong Hispanic community. And when the Dodgers moved to L.A., they basically bought everybody out for very low money, tore all their the entire neighborhood down and built Dodger Stadium. So and it's right near that same area. In fact, many of those families that were displaced by Dodger Stadium moved to Boyle Heights. So that's in, in their own family history. It's they know exactly exactly what what displacement and and particularly bringing in something and so it there's a lot of buttons being pushed here 
I will say we are also, Southern California is in no way the only ones dealing with the art washing. It's of course a bit huge issue in New York. It's a huge issue in London, really any big city across the, the world. Um, gentrification has always happened, I think, especially over the last you know 50 years or so as, as, as money capitals come in. But now that arts are being associated with that gentrification, that's where it gets a, a little hairy. Because to me, you want to have arts, even um, no matter what side of the, the argument you're on, you want to have arts and culture in your neighborhood, I would mm-hmm. think. And if you're fighting against arts and culture, it's, it just seems like a dangerous path to me. So It I, is interesting because I didn't understand really that the whole idea was um, businesses were bringing in art groups um, or galleries. And I do agree with you because there is a difference between blue chip galleries and nonprofit galleries. They right. have a different mission where blue chip is trying to sell to very rich people. And nonprofits are usually about bringing in the community. And it, it's interesting that it feels like with Boyle Heights, they're demonizing all of the art groups, whereas rather knowing the difference between the two different types of art people well, like categories yeah and it's just sad because the artists are being used as a tool right. i mean on both try- sides artists, really by both sides yeah and artists, most artists can't afford the super expensive santa <laughs> right. monica area areas um and so they're coming in they're, they're not trying to gentrify the area they're just trying to survive right and, and now and they're they being commercialized right. by business yeah, it's a really it's a really tricky thing, and and even in the commercial side, because you're right, there's a pretty clear divide. You could probably find out pretty easy the mm-hmm. difference between a self help graphics and a one of the uh, agencies. I forget it's UTA or one of those you know agencies opened a gallery there, and you know I, not nothing against an agency, but I'm pretty sure that's a blue chip gallery. Yeah, they're, mm-hmm. they're representing people. They're also you know. But there are also galleries that are for-profit galleries that are wanting to represent, you know, maybe they come from that neighborhood or come from a Hispanic background and are trying to, you know, showcase the wonderful talent that's there or bring artists who, you know, to inspire the youth of Boyle Heights to show that art's an option, kind of like sports figures do and that sort of thing. So you kind of have to almost look into, okay, well, what is this business and this person who runs this business or people What's their goal in coming here? And it, it seems like it doesn't start with the conversation. It starts with the protests. Um, and and I, I understand the protests. I'm not, I'm trying to not be unsympathetic mm-hmm. because I wouldn't want somebody coming in my neighborhood and saying, guess what? Your neighborhood isn't the way it should be. And we're going to make it so you can't live here anymore. Yeah. That, that doesn't seem like the right thing to do. But at the same time, you can't paint everybody. Ooh, art analogy you can't paint everybody with the same brush even in one category because i'm sure there are mom and pop little galleries wanting to come there because they can afford to and they can't go to the arts district so the same reason but in a more genuine sort of like hey this is a cool place let's be a part of this neighborhood so i don't know it gets really tricky and of course uh here in santa Cruz. We are at the beginning of a process that, that, well, maybe not even at the beginning, we're in the middle, let's say, of a process that that this could become an issue. Um, I think we're trying to do things right, of course, uh, but because I'm uh, on the inside a little bit to where we're, we're trying to bring arts and culture to Old Town Newhall and have been since the 90s to make improvements down there, but our goal isn't 
to kick people out who were there. There's still the Hispanic businesses and there's still, you know, a pretty good portion of the population in the region is, is Hispanic. And that's great. We, we actually, I think one of the things the arts does really well is celebrate diversity and encourage people to, to, to see the value in, in, in difference, um, that, that art shouldn't be about being all the same. So it's actually a tool to celebrate as opposed to divide. But that's easy to say, it's hard to demonstrate. And so far, the things we've done hasn't really displaced anybody. I mean, we're building some um, uh, spaces down there. We're not a developer is building some spaces down there that will be kind of the, the new style of living apartments above retail. Mm -hmm. and, and, and it's our first step as a community, a new hall to that direction. Um, if that were to take off and suddenly people's homes were being bought out, even, even if there was fair price being offered, many of the homes probably are not owned by the people who are in the homes. Mm -hmm. So of course the owners might go, oh great, I can cash out. I don't have to be a landlord. I can you know, get paid above market value for my home and they're gonna tear it down and turn it into apartments. That could happen. I, 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 I'm not saying that's gonna happen and please let me be clear on that. Yeah. But that that is a step towards gentrification that could happen and, and it'll be really interesting to see how our community deals with that. That is the more standard gentrification about housing as opposed to arts and culture. Um, but I think everything that we've brought down there from an arts and culture enhancement standpoint has not been a negative for the community. In fact, I hope it's a positive for the community. And we've never heard, oh, you need to stop doing that stuff in Newhall because it's going to lead towards, you know, us getting displaced. That's not arts and events office goal or division's goal, I know. Our goal is to make it a cool place where things can happen and people can go rather than leave town to get some arts and culture as they can stay in the San Crita Valley and do some cool things. So. Do we know um, if most people in that area own their homes versus like in Boyle Heights? I'm sure that most people rent that area. I, I don't. I don't, I don't know the statistics okay. for the Newhall area, and and Newhall's an interesting demographically. It's interesting because you have you you go one way from Main Street, and you've got some very high end homes on estates, really, and you go the same distance the other way, and and you have homes that I assume, and I am assuming this, that are primarily rentals and 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 not the you know multi million dollar homes. So it's you know, and, and I I know that happens everywhere, but it in in Santa Cruz that seems to be the the place where that the disparity or that the two kind of ends of the spectrum are that close um, as opposed to you know the the valencias and sagas and even the canyon countries where it's a little clearer that divide sometimes and and that's just a a, a class divide an income div divide that we as a society i don't think will ever overcome there's always going to be people who have million dollar homes and there's going to be people who rent apartments and that's you know that's okay um having uh, you know, gone through my life. I've never lived in the million dollar home, but I've oh, rented a lot of uh, awful apartments. So. <laughs> Not in San Crete, by the way. No, never an awful <laughs> apartment in San Crete. So, <laughs> and now I'm a homeowner for the first time in my life as of nine years ago. And I understand, especially as a homeowner, how I've invested time and money in there into my home. And if somebody came in and I felt like I was being pushed out, I would get very upset. And as a renter, 
when you feel even more powerless and it's the community you've grown up in your entire life and somebody's trying to push you out and you have even less say i totally understand the frustration and the, the desire to hit the streets and and you know make sure that people are aware of what's happening um i just i don't know how to overcome the art washing because um, you don't want to kick everybody out with 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 that you don't want to say okay no arts and culture because it could lead to some you know other some other things i was reading that some um cities when this is happening they will um, have affordable housing um options or sections so that it will kind of help with the people that can't afford it is that something like in new hall that we're thinking about having we actually, um, the state requires a certain level of affordable housing and actually up the street from Old Town New Hall, the downtown part, the main street part, um, the city worked with, um, I don't remember the developer, but we opened our first uh, uh, affordable housing uh, venue that's not the right phrase but buildings um in new hall and i know there's interest to do more it, it's a challenging subject it's it's uh you know it it basically especially in america where we are driven by commerce mm -hmm. the math doesn't work even when you set aside a few um let's say you're building a hundred apartment a complex with a hundred apartments and and you you want to as a developer or a builder you want to make 20 of those affordable. Well, affordable means probably not covering costs. So you have to pass those costs on to the other. So it actually raises the rent for others to cover. And I, I, I totally personally believe that's the right thing to do is to have a goal or a percentage that are affordable so you get a nice mix. And once again, going back to the belief of celebrating diversity, you get different types of people living together and that's a good positive thing but from a purely pragmatic commercial standpoint that makes it trickier a lot of these places the the, the overhead or the the profit is not as big as people think it is it's not you know um, uh, being a landlord is not an easy thing you mm. have people not paying rents you have stuff that you have to fix and particularly with rent people renting you don't they don't often take care of things as well as if you owned it. So you have to replace some things more often. So it, there's a lot of factors in that. And I, I will gladly say I have no expertise in that at all. <laughs> but it is an interesting concept of that. And my understanding is the city's goal is to try to find that balance. And really, that's what it comes. All of this comes down to is a balance and communication. You know, trying to find that balance between moving forward and making an area better without getting pushing people out of, of, you know, offering opportunities for, for young people to move into an area, which means new housing. Um, and that there's the ability for families who've been there for generations to stay. I mean, it's all about balance. And that sounds so easy on a, a, a podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, we'll balance and we'll stay yeah. communicating. We'll have synergy and it'll all be beautiful. Peace and love. And peace and love. <laughs> um, but the reality is, is, Oftentimes there's, you know, that balance gets thrown off and it does take people communicating to say, hey, I, I, I want to stay in the home that I was born and raised in. And how does that happen? How do I do that? You know, and, and I don't know. And, and Boyle Heights is a very interesting example. I think in a lot of ways we could learn from it here in Santa Cruz. 
Um, I think they have a deeper history, a longer history of the families that have lived there. They have a much higher Hispanic population than we do anywhere in Santa Cruz Valley. Um, but I, I do think it's something to look at. And what I understand is it's still going. It seems like it really blew up in about 2016 with a couple of the key galleries that moved in who have actually since moved out some of them yeah. most of them i would say um and then but even re relatively recently i know that i think it was last year that self-help graphics uh, finally kind of addressed it by having an open meeting and and they had people accusing them of things that it seems like at least in the the reporting that i saw that wasn't accurate i mean when you've been involved with the community since the 70s you really can't say that they're not you know part of the community yeah. that that seems a little disingenuous and especially when it's a nonprofit that really is trying to serve youth and artists from the community it's like yeah let's let's start a, not quite that ramped up with them let's give them the benefit of the doubt hey they're hosting a gathering that's that's what you were asking is to play for them to play a, a more active role and one of the first steps is to say okay well let's come together and we'll see what the issues are so i it's interesting in looking at i haven't heard about it much this calendar year i don't know if it's because of many of the the galleries have left um that the, what you might call the blue chip galleries that the issue has been somewhat resolved at least for now but i can't imagine that it's gone away because you still have an arts district that it's pushing up against it and there's a lot of work being done on the freeways around there and stuff mm -hmm. so the whole neighborhood's going to change somewhat in a way um, so it'll be interesting to see and obviously it's something that i think you know as an arts administrator and as just a person in the world it's worth keeping an eye on mm -hmm. um, as an artist I, I my art forms are, are theater and film and they don't seem to be tied up into this um, the way that that others that more visual arts have been involved with it. And part of that is, I hate to say, but theater is very hard to commercialize. <laughs> um, there's a few big theaters, you know, the Pantages yeah. and the, the, you know, that, that are, are, are doing things, but most theater in LA is, oh, I've got 12 seats. Uh, yay. So, um, which is a little easier, I think, to, to feel like part of the community sometimes. Mm -hmm. I am not aware though of, of theaters in the Boyle Heights area. I'm sure there are live theaters and movie theaters, but, um, but uh, interesting. And one of, one of the articles that I, that I looked at really surprised me. They pointed out one of the, the gallery owners pointed out that, you know, hey, they're getting so mad at us, but a Starbucks opened a block away and no one's protesting that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and that gets really interesting because to me, a Starbucks and nothing against Starbucks, but that is a symbol of commercialism and changing demographics and a new approach way more than any art could be even the highest blue chip art gallery mm -hmm. it, it's the the starbucks of the world that are going to make the difference but you know when like i say that's easy for me to say i'm an art guy so go pick on the the, the coffee <laughs> shop but it is interesting that 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 one of the gallery owners of the blue chip type galleries pointed that out i think that's pretty accurate that well, I, but I like Starbucks. It's, you know, I want my Frappuccino, so I'm not going to get upset at them and I can't afford their really expensive art. So I'm going to get mad at them. Yeah. So. yeah. All right. I have a question for you then, Catherine. Oh, me. <laughs> <laughs> Locked up. And Phil. Both which, of you. Which you. But I want both of you to answer. What can the artist do in the situation? Because they're being utilized as a tool in something that happens naturally in a lot of instances. But now, as you kind of said, it's being weaponized in a way buy big business um i mean is it inevitable is it are we always going to point fingers at the artist or what 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 can y'all do 
I'm not sure. So the article I was reading about was a man who had his own studio. And so he his argument was, hey, I'm not a blue chip gallery. I'm not even a gallery. I'm an artist. I'm an entrepreneur. And so I'm not a part of this. Mm-hmm. But then the protesters came and said, no, no, you're a part of it. And was like throwing um, red paint into his studio. And this was in Boyle Heights. Yeah. Okay. And so he ended up leaving because it just he didn't feel like the community wanted him there and that's him being an individual artist so i i honestly don't know because i'm not sure if i would stay in a community that was throwing red paint into my studio but i i don't know if it i feel like boyle heights it's only a matter of time before like phil was saying the art district is just gonna spill over and it might blow up but it's going to happen eventually that that area is going to undergo change i can't imagine them right it's just just the nature of of location Mm -hmm. well and And, i was gonna say is that part of it because let's boyle heights is in the heart of los angeles where there is limited land and real estate to commercialize i mean where it's it is almost inevitable that even if art was or wasn't involved it was going to get developed at some point Right, and and that would be the the point I would want to make, and I'll come back to your first question in a minute. But sometimes gentrification seems like it's inevitable because of the cost, particularly of limited. I mean, New York's a better example of that. They can't. Mm-hmm. There's no more land, so you go into a neighborhood that's blighted, and you turn it around, and and it's cycle after cycle after cycle. And, and, you know, I was there in the 80s and, you know, Brooklyn changed completely since when I left there. And now most people say, and I don't walk block to block in Brooklyn. I haven't been there since 1990, so I I know it's changed. But uh, that it's gotten better, but worse. (laughs) You know, it's gotten better from, you know, safer and Starbucks that are available and all those sort of things. But the flip side of that is it's lost a lot of its personality. That's inevitable to some degree, but slowing down the cycle and being responsible, both as artists, and that's where I'll come back to your question, but also as builders and developers and and commercial folks is is to find a way to not just kind of assume that I'm coming into an area that that is there's nothing there and I'm going to make it something. There's a mindset associated with that. And that, to me, is where the artist can make a difference is to not be naive about the role they play in that process it's kind of a cycle and like i say it used to be like it seemed like a 20 to 25 year cycle and now they're trying to fa- speed that up to yeah. where it's like we'll get the artists in and in three years we'll have all these mm-hmm. apartments available and then and then we'll move on and then we'll kick the artists out because they won't be able to afford <laughs> yeah. it and then we'll go to we'll kick those artists out to the next spot and it'll be this like three to five year cycle and that's just irresponsible yeah. and, and not good for the artists either that's where they are being used. But I think as nonprofits, there's three categories here in my mind. Nonprofits, their mission should be if they move into a neighborhood to embrace that neighborhood and to find ways to partner with that neighborhood. And here's where I'll use a great example, the 24th Street Theater. Um, they moved to down by USC. Um, they're, they were put it bluntly, a bunch of white theater folks who most of them went to CalArts, I believe, and they just, you know, they wanted to do their theater and they found this space down near USC and they got there and they were doing their theater and, oh, great, we don't have to pay as much rent. 
and they realized it wasn't connecting with the community mm -hmm. at all. And so they opened their doors and invited the community in and said, okay, what do you, you know, what do you need? What do you, what do you want? And they've, most of their programs that they've created since they moved down there, like 20 some years ago, are very tied to the community. They do uh, um, uh, performances in Spanish and English. They, I mean, they really have done a great job of becoming that community's theater. And once again, I know theater better, so I'm kind of using that as an example. And they're right up front. Hey, we were a bunch of stupid young actor types who came into yeah. a neighborhood and thought we could do our <laughs> thing and then realized, oh, we need to be a responsible part of the community. Great model to look at. Wonderful people. They're happy to talk to anyone who wants to talk to them. Um, so that's what I think nonprofits role is. Galleries gets really interesting because galleries from their own commercial interest shouldn't be ahead of the game that far ahead of the game. They shouldn't be the first linchpin coming in, um, because they need their clients to feel comfortable to go into a place mm -hmm. and they don't want to get at the one end of the spectrum, red paint thrown at them. Um, or the other, even not so severe, you know, feeling like, oh, I'm going to a place that's not safe. You know, they're, you're going to potentially lose some clients. So if you're a blue chip gallery, I know you want cheap rent, but you maybe should really think about, is this the right place for us now? And not be the, not be used as the wedge or the front end. Yeah. Where it gets really interesting to me is individual artists, mm -hmm. because individual artists to survive, unless you're a high-end individual artist, you have to go where the rent is cheap. Yeah. To get space, you have to go, and especially in any big city, and LA is no exception, you have to be constantly searching for that place that's going to be affordable and cool and all those things, and it is going to end up being a Boyle Heights or someplace like that. Still, as an individual artist, I think you need to find a way to go out into your community and share what you're doing and invite people in and make it feel like part of the community so there isn't that antagonism. I don't know the ways to do that, especially when it seems like some residents of Boyle Heights started at 11 and were so upset, you know, as soon as it kind of started happening. But to me, that would be the key is, is is rather than wait for somebody to get upset at you because you're an artist in their neighborhood, own that you're coming into someone else's neighborhood and kind of, you know, go talk to the grocery store or, you know, the little market, the mm -hmm. uh, the coffee shop, the, 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 you know, go and just say, hey, I'm an artist. Who do I need to talk to? I'm sure there's community groups that are involved, you know, um, finding ways to 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 apprentice or you know maybe not run a full like because not everyone's wired to do like i'm going to invite 10 you know uh, elementary school kids in to teach them painting but at the very least there's probably some kid at the high school who would love to learn more about art and you know just find a way to connect similar to the nonprofit, but maybe not quite as structured that seems to me the the answer and i really don't have the answer for the mom and pop gallery you know, the blue chip ones probably should wait and not go mm -hmm. there. Um, the nonprofits and the individual artists need to find a way to reach out and be the communicator because don't wait till them, the community come to you or it's going to be too late. But there's just that one category that I have no idea, the, the, the kind of mom and pop galleries. I mean, I guess it would be the same as individual artists, but I think because there's a commercial aspect to it, it's going to be a very hard to overcome the feeling like you're, you're changing the community for the worse. Well, it just seems too, because I think those are all great points, but it's still the artist is in such a hard spot because even like when you look at like the brewery who does their art walk or like the downtown 
LA art walks where they're in, you know, rougher studio areas a bit. Um, and they're welcoming the community in to be a part of it. It's in a way it's, it's they're arbiters of cool as Cheyenne would say, Mm -hmm. like they're making it a happening fun spot for the community, but then others pick up on it as well, which then. Well, the brewery is a great example. They converted a brewery. No one was displaced. And it was in an area, trust me, I went back in the 90s to the brewery. <laughs> I had a friend who lived there and, and um, worked there. And it, it was definitely, you didn't want to leave that little. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm sure it's had an impact on the surrounding community. And probably for folks who lived there before the brewery was mm-hmm. a live workspace, that may be negative. They may have felt pushed out. So, But that one, at least in my outside view followed a more natural pattern of hey this building that isn't being used gets turned into live workspaces for artists who can't afford other places and they come in and make an area cool and it slowly impacts the surrounding area because it's been once again 20 years the 90s yeah that was 20 years ago more than 20 years ago that it you know it, it and so that's a natural evolution. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I haven't heard that people are screaming at the brewery. Oh no, and I, I meant I, it as a positive. Right, right. But I think it's all positive even, because it was a natural cycle. Yeah. But because even naturally, though, I feel like artists do cause that natural shift yep. because they're doing cool stuff that people want to see and be a part of. I think that's why, like the wave in Ventura, the city picked up on if we have a live work space for artists it will help our city grow and have that kind of cool factor Mm -hmm. that they were after but even with that one my understanding is they allocated a certain number and quite a few to local artists they Mm -hmm. didn't want it to be this thing where suddenly all these la-based artists moved to ventura and took over it was not that that didn't happen but there was i don't even remember if it was a half or 60% 60% or something, there was a certain amount that had to be at least initially venture artists that were there because they wanted it to be a benefit to the local arts community, not just a commercial enterprise. So it, it gets really tricky. And I agree with you, Lisa, that the actual thing is a good thing. Art coming into an area and making it a cooler, more happening place is a cool thing and is a good thing and shouldn't be discouraged. It's just there needs to be awareness of what other pieces of that can involve sometimes and to make sure that it's not being used by somebody to make a buck it's more used to 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 help a community thrive in a a positive way and that you know everyone's gonna have a different yardstick on what a positive impact is it's like oh my rent went up a hundred bucks that's a negative oh but i feel safer that's a positive you know there's no winning in this well, and it's almost like the gallery guy. You just want to yell, like, it's not the artist's fault, you know? It's, look at the Starbucks. It's the de- it's the developers. Like, let's change the dialogue. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's tough. It's just a tough spot. And, like, overall, you know, it's hard to say where I want to, like, take one side or the other at all. But it just, it's such a bummer for the artists that they're being utilized this way. Mm-hmm. And the dialogue's all about them. Well, and I, do, I want to pick on developers, but they're not there. Yeah, artists that's are true. are literally working in that space. Even the gallery operators of a blue chip type gallery, they're in that space working it. Developers have the great advantage of they can come up with an idea, and yeah, they have to go meet with the city leadership yeah. and and go through all those processes. But they're not necessarily the ones 
that you can interact with. So of course, you know, the the folks who are upset can't even find that builder or developer. Yeah. You know, it's some sort of monolithic thing that's somewhere <laughs> else, and so they go after the ones who are actually integrating or trying to integrate. Sometimes, and that's where it gets tricky. Is just because it's easy doesn't mean it's right. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I totally agree. The goal of this is not to take a side because honestly, I see both sides yeah. completely. And I think most people kind of walking through it would go, yeah, that's a bummer. It's a bummer for everybody. I don't want the people of Boyle Heights to feel like they're being pushed out. Sadly, I think over time that will happen. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't want the artists to be blamed for what could happen. Even the blue chip folks have the right to be there if they think they can make it work there but mm -hmm. yeah it's just a it's a very frustrating issue and i'll be curious I, I think it also goes back to we have a further divide between the rich and the poor in our country than we've had in a long time and whenever you get to that point that's where tensions start to rise and people start to feel like they're being uh, even more oppressed um, and, and it's just weird to me that I think this is the first time in my lifetime, at least now I'm pretty old that, uh, that art <laughs> not, has been used as the old, tool guys. for that. Um, I mean, I guess in the sixties arts was used as a tool, but on the kind of the opposite side, mm -hmm. it was a, used as a voice for the oppressed. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and it's interesting that now within my lifetime, it's now being accused of art being the voice of the oppressor or the tool of the oppressor and that's it's actually a, fascinating that is, yeah it's, well and it's sad because they're they are being used and they're being commodified but they're not making anything right out of they're it. not like, gaining they're, anything they gain nothing <laughs> well and the cycle's not great for artists yeah, i mean even the traditional cycle the well. is i moved to santa monica I, I didn't move to santa i'm pretending i'm an artist here <laughs> i moved to santa monica in the 80s because it had really you know space for cheap and and then it was this cool place to be for like 10 years and then the you know the gap moved in next door to me and suddenly i couldn't afford my rent anymore and now i had to find somewhere else so i went to boyle heights and they're screaming at me well, don't come here you know I, I mean the artist gets trapped in the middle and it, it's yeah. it's a tough place to be the old cycle was bad enough because as soon as you brought success to a place you couldn't afford it anymore but but at least she kind of knew what that was but now the the cycle's spinning so fast that i i'm afraid artists are going to get flung to the side and have no place to go and you know what's the solution i guess come to new hall i guess yeah, that's yeah. The solution. Hey, artists, come up to santa clarita <laughs> we'll figure it out <laughs> we got you <ya. laughs> We don't have any space, but, you know, yeah. we'll figure something out. I've got, I, I, no, I don't have an extra room. Yeah. <laughs> I might. <laughs> any closing notes? No, I'm, I just, this is great. I learned so much. Yeah. Well, and I, I wish I knew more. I mean, it's one of those topics that you feel like once you get into, there's so much nuance and there's mm -hmm. so many different points of view. And I absolutely don't mean, mean to pick on Boyle Heights. Um, it's a I, I've been to that community. I've been to Self Help Graphics. It's a it's a great organization. It's a really interesting and and proud community. There's no negatives here. Just let's all talk to each other and make sure that we're we're doing the right things for the right reason and and i know it you know in our involvement the city of san is and my job here at the city with newhall is that part of my job is to make sure we're doing the best we can to to move things forward and make newhall as the cool place that it is but make it even cooler without hopefully 
making people feel like they're not welcome. So, mm. you know, it's, it's a reminder. It's worth keeping in, in brain that, that, that art washing is a thing because I would hate to have part of my legacy or the, the city's arts and events division's legacy to be that people feel like what we did worked against what, what they were trying to do. So, you know, finding that balance is going to be tricky, but um, hopefully we can keep doing it. Woo. Awesome. That's exciting. Thank you so much, Phil. Thank Thanks you, for Phil. the opportunity. All right. Love you guys. Bye.